You're listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice. And once again, greetings, saints of the Lord. Christ is risen. And folks, his resurrection is but the first fruits of a much greater restoration of life that is underway in our world culminating in the coming resurrection of all the dead and the renewal of all things at the return of Christ. I think those things are on my mind as I record this podcast, number 11, in a series on Christian parenting, uh, because of all the early signs of the season of resurrection here in the Carolinas. Uh, The red buds and the pear trees, the tulips and the crocuses, uh, they're all out flaunting their colors and beauty, and they're providing us here in Charlotte, uh, yet again, uh, some of the first undeniable evidences that spring is on the way. And that's just the way it is uh, with our Lord's resurrection. It was the first fruits of something much greater culminating in our own coming resurrection and the renewal of all things. I did say to my congregation, Uh, you at Resurrection recently, though, uh, coming of spring each year is a little like the coming of the kingdom of heaven in this respect as well. It's not only glorious, uh, it's also messy. Uh, The colors are glorious, but then, of course, uh, there is the pollen, and I am bracing myself for the grand pollen dump uh, that comes right about this time of year uh, each time in the Carolinas. Uh, Well, brothers and sisters, back to the subject at hand. Uh, Today, I want to steer in a more hands-on direction in this series on Christian parenting. I'm going to move with you now from theory, you might say, uh, to practice, uh, or from the theology that informs our parenting, uh, now to the daily practice of being faithful parents. So here's how I want to start this Uh, new chapter in our series. Uh, I want to look with you at the Apostle Paul's grand summary of everything that we're to do as parents. I'm thinking of Ephesians chapter 6. It's a passage that comes on the heels of the Apostle's famous words to husbands and wives uh, in chapter 5. It also comes immediately after his Uh, words to children in the opening verses of chapter 6. Those words are, uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He goes on to say, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And then after speaking to husbands and wives, after speaking to children, he speaks to parents. And he addresses himself uh, actually to the parent-in-chief, as I have called you, dads. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, it's not too hard, uh, you might say, to follow the apostles' train of thought. Marriage uh, leads to children and that then places men and women uh, in the privilege and responsibility uh, of being parents. And num- uh, verse 4 of Ephesians 6 
uh, is deservedly famous for summing up everything that we are about practically as parents. Paul first warns parents against the harm that they can do to their children. Parents are in a unique position to do great harm as well as great good. So he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Uh, in the parallel passage in Colossians, he, he speaks of discouragement that would result from provoking children. And I do think that I should come back to that in a future episode. How uh, is it that parents can do that to provoke their children to anger? But then for today, I want you to see how he sums up uh, the way we can do our children great good. He says, bring them up in the discipline of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord. And folks, I really do believe that those two expressions capture everything we're to do for our children. Uh, In all the hands-on of parenting, you might say, uh, these are our two hands. These are the two ways that God has appointed us to do everlasting good to our children. What all Christian parents agree is their great mission to lead our children to Christ as their Savior and to equip our children to serve Christ as the Lord. Uh, Those things are accomplished, uh, humanly speaking, by the discipline of the Lord uh, and the instruction of the Lord. So that's what I want to do today. I want to unpack the broader biblical significance of those two concepts. I want to look at at them together today uh, as a pair Uh, before we start breaking them down one at a time in the coming weeks. So that's what's ahead, if you choose to listen on today. So let's learn first, what are these two parts of a Christian upbringing? Paul speaks of bringing children up. We could speak of them as uh, being raised. And uh, that is, of course, the day-by-day Christian way Uh, of bringing children from infancy to adulthood, to lead them and guide them and to be the primary influence in their lives uh, as they grow up to Christian manhood or womanhood. And Paul chooses two words to sum up everything that we do uh, to accomplish that. He says, first of all, bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. Now, some translations render this training, Uh, But I like the word uh, discipline as a translation of the Greek word, which uh, in this case is the Greek word paideia. And if there is a place uh, to show us uh, better than anyone else, anywhere else in the Bible, what this word means, I think it might be uh, Hebrews chapter 12. This word paideia uh, is used nine times in just a few verses Uh, And uh, I'm going to read that passage uh, to you. It's Hebrews 12. I'm going to begin reading at verse 5. The writer of Hebrews uses this this word and this theme of uh, discipline uh, in this passage. He says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And then he quotes from the Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 3. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, there's the word, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. 
For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. I think that passage very helpfully uh, makes clear what Paul is talking about as he uses the same word paideia, or discipline. Uh, several things are clear from that reading, just on the surface, uh, from Hebrews 12. Um, number one, discipline is something God does as a father, and we should do, therefore, as uh, fathers and mothers ourselves. Uh, number two, it's something that's potentially unpleasant, uh, even painful to be on the receiving end of. That's also clear. But thirdly, it's something that produces rich fruit in the life, holiness, and righteousness of life. So folks, this first concept of discipline as one of the two hands of parenting uh, really relates to the reality we've already talked about, that our children are sinful. Without sin in our children's lives, there would be no need for this part of parenting. So here's our working definition, uh, and it's one I'll be uh, coming back to in the days ahead. Uh, Discipline is the infliction of temporary pain as a consequence of sin in order to lead children towards the permanent fruit of righteousness of life. That's how I'm going to be using the word discipline. I think that's faithful to the way the Scripture uses this concept of paideia. We're going to come back, of course, to the kinds of pain uh, that godly discipline inflicts. That's an important question, as well as uh, the matter of proper boundaries for such discipline. Uh, But this much is clear. Discipline is the infliction of temporary pain as a consequence of sin in order to lead our children towards the permanent fruit of righteousness of life. But let's move on from uh, the discipline of the Lord. Let's talk about the instruction of the Lord. So the word for instruction could also be translated, uh, and it is in some of your Bibles, uh, exhortation or admonition, or even uh, the word counsel. It's the Greek word nuthesia. And some of you know that there is a school of Christian counseling that's taken its name from this Greek word, nuthetic counseling. Now, this is the word that Paul uses uh, many times to describe his own pastoral ministry of teaching or counseling. Acts 20, verse 31, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish, there's the word, everyone with tears. Or Colossians 1, 28, uh, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 
so uh, it's often spoken of in terms of instruction, the discipline of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord. But I hope you can see from the way that Paul uses it elsewhere, it's not just the sense of teaching truth, but it has the sense of urging uh, someone to be obedient to the truth, to respond to the truth. Folks, it's what pastors do uh, with their congregations uh, from the Word of God. And it's what parents do uh, in a similar way with their children. As a matter of fact, parents, you should think of the instruction of the Lord as the pastoral work of your parenting. You, like your pastor, are in the business of shaping the hearts of those under your care by means of uh, words. Uh, words. Words are are powerful things, aren't they? Uh, we who are the people of the Word should know this. The Word of God is powerful. The Scriptures has power to renew and reform and revive. And we believe that words, even more broadly, uh, are very potent things. I'm sure you know this, but the little ditty, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's actually quite absurd. Um, it's a different kind of pain, but words are very powerful, either for harm or, in this case, for great good. That's what Paul is talking about when he uses this word, nuthesia, and uh, it's uh, capturing a wide variety of speaking that parents do to their children. That speaking could come in the form of, well, reproof. Reproof is a kind of nuthesia. It's a calling of attention uh, to a specific area of sin, pointing out what repentance looks like. Don't speak to your mother that way, son. That is disrespectful. That's reproof. Uh, entreaty, uh, an earnest appeal to the conscience and the will. That's that uh, longer conversation in which you are seeking to make a plea to your son or your daughter about a certain kind of behavior you want them to grow towards and into. Encouragement is a form of nuthesia. Uh, the uplifting of one's perspective, the affirming of their uh, good conduct uh, when a parent says, I so appreciate the way you've been treating your sister these last few days. That's Nuthesia. That's encouragement. And then, of course, instruction. All of that teaching of uh, the fundamental principles of our Christian faith, like the baptismal vows, uh, commit us to. That also is part of Nuthesia. So these two concepts that the apostle reaches for in a summary way uh, really are the two hands of Christian parenting, discipline and instruction. One is a response uh, to sin, and the other is a multifaceted call to righteousness. And by the way, uh, the writer of Hebrews quoted Proverbs as he was making reference to discipline. And indeed, the book of Proverbs has a great deal to say about parental discipline. But you also need to remember that the book of Proverbs has a great deal as well to say about parental admonition or instruction. Just think about all those um, my son passages, the 
Uh, Listen to me, my son, passages in the early chapters of Proverbs. Um, Some of us think that the book of Proverbs is the Bible's primary parenting manual. It has so much to say about both of these parts of Christian parenting. So I've laid out what those are in a summary way. Uh, Let me just for the next few minutes, time that I have left, make a couple of practical observations about two-handed parenting, as I'm calling it. Here's the first of a couple of those observations. Number one, discipline and instruction belong in each home and in each parent. Both discipline and instruction in each home and in each parent. Now, that's obvious, I realize, from the passage we've been considering, but here's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to underscore that a proper balance of the two uh, is a relative rarity in many, many homes. Of course, they're both hard to do uh, when they're rightly understood. Of course, it's not hard to blow up at your kids when they do something wrong, but that's not the discipline of the Lord. That's not how he disciplines. How he disciplines, well, it's far more demanding of us as parents. Relatively speaking, uh, it's not hard to uh, simply hang out with your kids and and pass the time of day. Uh, But that's neither the instruction of the Lord. That's uh, falling short of what really is involved in the instruction. So they're both hard to do. But here's my point. Sometimes parents find one or the other of these two things especially hard. And there can become, uh, there can come about an imbalance uh, in the parenting uh, in a particular home. So, for example, there are many Christian homes in which parents are all about conversation with their kids. They're all, you might say, dialed in relationally with their kids. This is a good thing. But at the same time, in some of those same homes, there's no real consequences for their children's sins. And as a result, in many cases, they don't have the respect of their children. On the other hand, there are many Christian homes in which parents are all about authority, the authority of parents, and enforcing the rules of the household. They run a tight ship. Their kids toe the line, more or less. But in some of the same homes, there can be no real discipleship relationship uh, with those children. And as a result, they don't have the love and confidence uh, of their kids. Sometimes these imbalances have a lot to do with the kind of homes we were brought up in. Either they're the same kind of imbalance in the homes that we were brought up in, or as I was talking about a a little while back, uh, we're reacting to that imbalance and we're parenting on the rebound ourselves. Folks, once again, our standard is our Heavenly Father, and He has a two-handed approach to parenting. He acts towards us in His providence in ways that do from time to time bring about chastening Uh, for sin, for our good. But he also speaks to us in his word, uh, in that encouragement to righteousness. I said a moment ago that both discipline and instruction belong in each home. I I want to be more specific even than that. Both discipline and instruction belong in each parent in that home. Uh, You see, Uh, Some husbands and wives 
uh, pick one or the other of these ways of parenting as their own unique parental contribution. So dad, for example, is the disciplinarian in the home. And mom is the one the kids, well, they want to talk to her about their life problems. Sometimes it's vice versa. You could say the kids are getting two-handed parenting. He's got one hand and she's got the other. But folks, that's a long way uh, from what God intended uh, as a division of labor, we might say, between parents. Reminds me of the notion that has crept into some people's view of God. The notion that God the Father is the one who's angry at sin. He's stern. He's demanding consequences. And God the Son is the one who's sympathetic to sinners, and he's desirous of relationship with sinners. Of course, that's a heretical view of God. Uh, It's not the biblical view of God. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are perfectly united, both in their uh, anger at sin and their love for those that they have set out to save from sin. So, all that to say, what our children need to see in us as parents is a commitment to both, both of us as disciplinarians, holding children accountable, uh, both easy to talk to and uh, ready with counsel. Uh, Otherwise, folks, our children... I don't see us so much as parents acting in out of principle in the way we parent them, but acting purely out of our personalities. And uh, the, the scriptures and this particular word to parents should shape us and balance our approach to parenting, no matter what our particular personality uh, proclivity is. So dads, moms, uh, know thyself, uh, know your own parental partnership, if there's a synergy, one is one and the other is the other of these two things uh, work uh, to be both of these things, uh, both of you and your parenting. Otherwise, your children will uh, sooner or later uh, learn how to play uh, one off the other. So that's the first practical observation about these two hands of parenting, both discipline and instruction belong in each house, in each parent. And secondly, I want to make the observation that our children will require more of an emphasis on discipline and then on instruction in the course of their natural development. Now, I've just been emphasizing parents have to be committed to both of these things, but folks, now I want to point out that our children at the different stages of their development, will require more of one than the other. Let me explain what I mean. I'll start with a very commonplace observation. Two-year-olds are not capable of receiving the instruction that a 12-year-old can receive. The two-year-old has questions, but they're not particularly profound. They will develop into rather profound questions, to be sure, but... At the outset, the two-year-old is simply not capable of receiving the same level of instruction as a 12-year-old. And conversely, uh, there are forms of discipline that are appropriate for a two-year-old that a parent really does not or at least should not seek access to uh, in the lives of his teenagers. Uh, We're going to be talking about spanking. 
And uh, yet we're not going to be talking about spanking teenagers. Uh, That's not uh, the form of discipline uh, the parents should reach for in the teenage years. So by those kinds of uh, contrasts, um, I'm just pointing out that uh, in differing stages of development, uh, one or the other of these hands is going to need to be more prominent. And here's what I want to especially urge parents to recognize as we move forward. Uh, There's a particular emphasis on discipline in the early years uh, that is appropriate for Christian parenting that then at some point begins to shift towards an emphasis on instruction uh, in the later years. Another way of saying this is, uh, folks, the heavy lifting of Christian parenting in the early years is in the area of discipline. And conversely, the heavy lifting of Christian parenting in the later years is in the area of instruction. There's both all throughout the years of parenting, but the good and hard work starts with discipline and then eventually moves uh, more fully to instruction. And I'm emphasizing this at the outset because in my own observation, um, there are not a few parents who get this exactly backwards. Uh, So, for example, they wait way too long to start disciplining their children Oh, they're enjoying them. Uh, They're bonding with them. They're even perhaps teaching them the catechism. But they're missing the critical opportunity of those years uh, to discipline. And then sometimes the same, folks, uh, during the season of adolescence, when the deep instructional conversations are really what's called for uh, because there's been no discipline early, rebellion is in bloom. And now parents are in damage control. And parenting becomes all about consequences for sin and asserting of authority rather than the speaking of the truth in love in the context of well-formed relationships. This is a grief uh, to me to see. In that first decade, too many parents are all about establishing relationship, not as much about establishing authority. In that second day, second decade, too many parents are all about establishing authority and not so much about establishing relationship. So what I'm saying here uh, is that the order in which Paul gives these two parts of Christian parenting in Ephesians 6.4 is, in fact, broadly speaking, the order in which their emphasis in our parenting rightly occurs. And that is why they are the order in which I'm going to take up these two parts as we move forward. Uh, We're going to start talking about discipline. A lot of folks at Resurrection are raising children in the very early years. And folks, we got to talk about discipline. That's key, particularly right now. So those observations about uh, the discipline and the instruction of the Lord— And I'll close with just one more uh, observation briefly about these two parts of Christian parenting considered as a pair, and that is this. Folks, neither of them are compatible with our culture's standards for parenting. And I want to say, folks, a faithful fulfillment 
of both the discipline of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord is profoundly countercultural. Perhaps most obviously, that bit about biblical discipline involving the inflicting of pain in our parenting. That might have been intuitive once upon a time in America, but today, the loving administration of biblical discipline in the home, well, that's liable as anything else to be called abuse. We're going to have to deal very seriously and carefully with that charge by our culture. But even what the Bible says about instruction of the Lord is offensive to our culture. Uh, as we're going to see, this uh, calling on Christian parents involves cultivating in our children the same foundational convictions and beliefs that we have, knowing God and committing to serving God. And that, our raising our children in the instruction of the Lord, well, that could be called indoctrination in our culture. Uh, brainwashing uh, and be looked askance at as well. Uh, Christian parent, if this hasn't been obvious to you before, uh, living as faithful Christians, uh, parenting in keeping with the scriptures is an act increasingly of defiance of cultural norms, cultural expectations, uh, and increasingly even cultural demands. So, as we move forward, uh, I'll take up next uh, this biblical teaching on discipline, and because it may be the least politically correct uh, element of everything that I say, I'm going to need to be very uh, unambiguous and relentlessly biblical uh, in talking about the discipline of our children. That's where we'll go next, if you choose to listen in. Until then, the Lord keep you in His grace. You've been listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice, a ministry of Resurrection Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina. If you've been blessed by today's podcast, consider sharing it with someone you know. And thank you for joining us.